Tom here. Welcome back to Owl Celebrates Learning, a podcast that features the stories of students from the Owl community. In the Twin Cities, we have had several waves of immigrants come through, and one of the early waves was the Swedish people coming from overseas. In today's episode, Eleanor is going to tell us about one story from her family. Hello and welcome to Across the Sea, a migration story. I'm Eleanor McAlpine, producer, writer, and sound designer of this podcast. A special thank you to Jake and Jane McAlpine for their insightful interviews. 1.3 million Swedes came to the U.S. between 1845 and 1930, and of those million, at least 300,000 came to Minnesota. Partly because of the very cheap, fertile, and excessive land, and partly because many Swedes had already settled there, and the geography was very similar to Sweden, very flat and lots of pine forest with similar temperature ranges. Many of them also came because of a phenomenon called chain migration. That is when people moved to a place with existing people of their culture or family. In 1881, Sweden had just started experiencing a large population growth, but this seems like a good thing, right? Wrong. Because of this growth, there was a need for more food, and more food needs more farmers, which means less land for existing farmers. And with all this growth, the economy was in shambles and there was very little work. Increasing poverty rates made epidemics break out in lots of the communities, and famines were happening all over the country. So many Swedes decided to emigrate to America, a place with a booming economy and good wages and lots of work. These factors are called push and pull factors and are very common phenomenons in the world of migrants. People were pushed out of Sweden due to the crumbling economy, bad living conditions, and were pulled to the U.S. because of good economy and good wages. In the beginning of the migration, around 1850s, most people crossed the ocean in the hull of cargo ships, but passenger boats became cheaper and more accessible, and people started being able to afford tickets. So tell me about Nels Anderson. Uh, so Nels Anderson was my grandfather's grandfather, and he was born in Sweden in 1855 and came to the U.S. Uh, when he was a young man and lived uh, until the 1930s, and uh, he died when he was 83 years old. Did he face much discrimination in the U.S.? From what I understand, Swedish immigrants didn't face a lot of discrimination when they came to the U.S. I know that they assimilated fairly quickly because my grandfather's dad grew up speaking Swedish from his parents. When my grandpa was born, he was not taught Swedish at all and only learned a few words of it. Why did he come to the U.S.? Although we don't have any direct stories about why Nels came to the U.S., he was a young man and America was the land of opportunity. And so we assume that he came for work. Even though tickets were considerably cheaper, they were still expensive. And as a small-town blacksmith, Nels had to save for about a year or two to buy two tickets. He scrounged and bought only what was necessary, and he was thrifty and lived hand-to-mouth. And he managed to save an estimated 85 euros, or in today's money, $2,300. This ticket would take them from England to America. They packed up the few clothes they had and a few keepsakes. They then sold their house and furniture for pocket money. They said a tearful goodbye to the family they would never see again. And that night, the family split forever, and now his descendants know nothing about their family across the ocean. Early the next morning, they went down to the cold, misty, and bustling docks and boarded a boat that would take them to the new country. The whole trip would take about 8 to 12 weeks round. It was long and grueling and cold, and it came with no guarantee that they would survive. If they did die, they would have been dumped overboard. The trip was lonely, and disease was running rampant throughout the ship. Many people were seasick, and some people had other things like yellow fever or typhoid. It was cramped, 
damp and it smelled of vomit, mold, and salt. And though not a ton of people died on these trips, enough people did to make the trip somber and sad. People were mourning the family they would never see again and the country they would never step foot in again. In 1812, they made it to the U.S., likely Ellis Island in New York. And with the little money they had, they bought land in Benson, Minnesota, and then in Sauk Center, Minnesota. They bought train tickets and rode the railway there. It was cramped again, but much nicer, and they didn't speak the same language as the people around them, and the people around them didn't try to learn theirs. It was scary, strange, and unfamiliar. Once they lived in Benson, they farmed for four years before moving to Sauk Center, Minnesota, where they had all six of their children. And then, in 1901, Anna Anderson died of tuberculosis. Nels Anderson remarried and lived in Sauk Center comfortably until his death of a stroke in May 17, 1939, at the age of 83. Oofta, that trip across the Atlantic sounds brutal. Thank you, Eleanor and family, for that story. If you are interested in hearing more stories like these, please subscribe to the podcast, and if you like what you hear, share it with some other podcast lovers you know in person or via social media. Positive reviews are always appreciated as well, and remember that you can find other quality work at owlcelebrateslearning.com and reach out to me at owlcelebrateslearning at gmail.com. Insert snappy closing statement here.